In an increasingly interconnected world, the terms operational technology and information technology have become commonplace. However, for many, the the distinction between these can be confusing. Operational technology is the backbone of numerous industries, driving efficiency, safety, and reliability, and yet often remains in the shadows. I'm your host, Siobhan Omani, and it's my absolute pleasure to welcome, on behalf of Tech Central, Matthew Talyard, SME for Operational Technology Africa at Fortinet, to our discussion today. Matthew has not only worked on the front lines of implementing operational technology solutions, but is also well-versed in the critical importance of securing these systems in an increasingly digital world. Matthew, we're thrilled to have you here today to share your insights and expertise as we aim to unpack and demystify operational technology. Welcome. Thank you. To to kick us off, um, Matthew, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about operational technology? You know, exactly what is it and how does it differ from information technology? Um, And in so doing it, what are its core objectives or purpose? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Let me first give you the official, uh, I would say, market definition. And then from there, we'll break that down. So just to quote uh, what it is, uh, it's basically operational technology refers to the hardware and software systems that are used to monitor, control and manage physical processes, devices and infrastructure. And the key word in there is physical. So when we think about OT, we're thinking about what is the physical impact? These technologies that come into play, how do they physically impact the real world, um, ourselves, safety? That's where it comes in there. So what, what comes to mind when we think of OT? We're thinking about the energy and utility sector, you know, their, their physical environment. We're thinking about transport and logistics, manufacturing organizations, mining. And where I think it's starting to uh grow now and and, and expand is into areas such as smart infrastructure and smart cities uh, coming into the healthcare with real-time patient care. Um, This is where we are seeing now the growth into OT. Now, in terms of how it's differing between IT and OT is that IT is focused on confidentiality. If you think of a bank, they don't want to give you a service unless they know it is secured, that they can track what is happening with your funds. That is their purpose. And they're willing to bring like your cell phone banking offline for an hour or two just to make sure everything is working fine. OT doesn't have that luxury. They still need the security and all that, but at the top of their mind is availability. The power must always be on. The safety critical systems must always be maintained. And the physical security and safety of what they they, they are defending needs to be uh, applied. So that is the key difference. And that's how we tell the difference between IT and OT. Um, And so I think really what is happening now over the last decade is that previously OT used to be air-gapped. This is why we didn't used to really think about it. OT used to be, I will build my own little section in the business and I'll let IT and cloud have their fun and do what they need to do. And OT did their own thing. And for, I think for a long period of time, this was the status quo. A separate network, an air-gapped system was their security. However, Businesses are now looking at this challenge and saying, what if we combined the networks? What if we combined IT and OT? We converge them. And they're doing it on purpose. They've realized that if they converge, they can optimize the data and uh, information that's that's transferred between the network. They can save on money. Instead of building separate networks with separate systems and separate skills, they can converge on that. 
And they can have new business requirements that they can now achieve to improve their business. And I think the key one we saw during the pandemic was the uh, need for remote access. And I think once we unlocked that, um, that capability, no one wants to go back now. Everybody's seeing the benefit, whether it's money, optimization, producing a better product, or just having that flexibility. And that's really what we're looking at now. And if I can quote some, some stats from the um, Fortinet uh, State of OT 2023, which is freely available, and I highly recommend that uh, if you want to know more about what's happening in OT. But I think one of the key things we saw now is how operations are now getting a CISO into the environment who will also be responsible for OT, which now 2023 is now at organizations either have or considering of getting a CISO and now at 95%. So essentially, uh, now OT is now considered part of the enterprise discussion. Any solutions going forward for security has to now include OT's requirements. And that I think is the direction that we are going forward with OT and why now we are talking at, at this uh, in this type, of, this type of light. Thank you. Matthew, thank you so much um, for sharing that with us. You know, I think based on what you've already shared with us, it's, it's really clear that operational technology or OT, as you've called it, is the driving force behind a wide array of industries, each relying you know, on its capabilities to ensure efficient and safe operations. And you mentioned a few of those, you manufacturing, energy, utilities. Um, could you share a little bit more with us about the pivotal role that OT plays in those industries? A pivotal role that OT plays in those industries, well, first of all, um, that, that's the core of the business. So essentially, for, for like a manufacturing organization, if that operations goes down, that whole business goes down. And where we talk about utilities and that, if those things go down, it affects, it has a knock-on effect to people's lives and businesses around that it supports. So protecting that is very important. And maybe building on to what I'm saying, it sounds nice that everyone's saying, oh, we're going to integrate, we're going to make better solutions, we're going to reduce our costs. Uh, the problem now is you've now got all these threats from the IT side that, have, uh, that now have this capability of impacting IT and now can now go over now to the OT side as well. So one thing that the, the report talks about is how many security incidences they have had over, over the last year. And in fact, more than 75% said they had at least one incident. We're getting to a point now uh, for, for, the, for, for uh, I would say, organizations and now also the OT side that it's no longer, we used to say basically it's, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter about when, when you get hit with cybersecurity. Now we're saying it's not a matter of when, it's a matter of how many and how do you respond to it. You know, can you make sure that you uh, stop it in its tracks before it gets to the crucial point where it is taking down your systems and impacting your operations? So that is, uh, I would say, the driving force uh, uh, what we're seeing there. Thank you. Thanks, Matthew. And I mean, you know, I think I think based on, on what you've said again, it's it's really clear that OT is the driving force behind so many industries. Your references to manufacturing and the fact that you know, it, it really is core to those businesses. If it goes down, the entire business ceases to operate as such. And then obviously the knock-on impact of your utilities, your energy. I mean, I just think of sort of like ESCOM you know, as an example and, and, and OT in that sort of environment. Um, and so I, I guess given the wide array of industries that OT um, impacts or, or is really a driving force behind, it would also suggest um, that there's an equally broad array 
of job roles yeah. in the field. So could you tell us a little bit more about what actually the common job roles are in OT, um, as well as what the skills are that are needed in the field? This, this is where it gets actually very um, broad, surprisingly. Uh, and, I, and I recommend that if you would like to know more about the specifics of the t- types of job roles, the um, NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology, has done a fantastic job of identifying the specifics. I think there's about 37 that they've identified. We're not going to go into all of them today. But I think mainly what we're seeing right now is that given the state of how this is still a maturing uh, setup, uh, people can only have, uh, I would say organizations can only afford so much in terms of skill development and ramping this up according to their needs. We're looking at a lot of um, overarching uh, skills where basically there would be a few, I would say, OT cybersecurity champions, if I may call them that, uh, responsible for taking care of the OT needs of, of the business. They would then uh, integrate into the traditional IT side. And like I said, because we're integrating now, this means that now the IT uh, or, uh, part of the organization can now help the OT side. So what we usually see is that OT focuses on protecting their site, which makes sense. That's what they were doing. That's what they're good at. And then what they, they feed into is the centralized IT solutions that can be provided. So a good example of this is a SIEM solution, a, a, secure, a security incident, uh, information and event management solution. So that takes into account all the logging data from all across the, the enterprise, OT, IT, and cloud, brings it all together to give the IT and the SOC team the security operations center, the ability to see what is going on and how to manage the situation. And they, and then therefore OT doesn't need to specifically invest into that. They can then rely on the IT team. This is also now helping the case now of, we're seeing a lot of partners and consultants now coming into the space now uh, to help uh, uh, customers out from their perspective. So we're now seeing the, the, the capability of if you don't like, let's take that seam one, it's a very good one, because that's a very mature application in any organization. So instead of maybe doing it yourself, you may actually outsource that as part of a SOC as a service capability. So there's various different ways that you can, you can do this. And I think um, um, one thing to point out is, and like I talked about back in the beginning, the major difference between IT and OT is IT is thinking about confidentiality. OT is thinking about availability, but the principles of cybersecurity still remain the same. So all you've got to understand is that when you're now talking to the OT guys, whatever you're recommending mustn't impact the operations. So now we get into basically two main branches. Do we go with a, uh, let's say, vendor agnostic uh, uh, skills, or do we go with vendor specific? And this will be uh, dependent on you. For those looking to actually get into the cybersecurity space, and I actually follow this journey as well as I've done this, uh, I went the vendor agnostic approach, mainly because my organization that I was working in, they had many vendors. So it made sense to do that. And uh, I would recommend anything from Security Plus to the ISC squared SISM and SISP, all very, uh, very good vendor agnostic approaches. I think look at the what you want to aim to do, what seems reasonable for you to do, and go and and go into that. These are very valuable because what I think employers are looking at is not just the fact that you understand the cybersecurity, I would say, terminology and its implementation, but also that you have the practical experience to take their current problems and map it out according to the future problems they might, they might come into. Then, of course, you might be in a more technical role 
And therefore, it makes sense to do a vendor-specific one, which will always take you far. Um, just as a side note, uh, Fortinet, for example, actually has all their technical training for free. So if you feel that there is a, a, a um, I would say, a, a cost barrier to you, for, for any, but you want to still learn about cybersecurity, and maybe even if you go with a vendor, you could do more than just learn about it. You can actually learn how to stop it <laughs> and learn a way to do it. Then Fortinet actually has free training available for you. The only payment would then be writing the exam, and that's because it's a third party. So there's many different ways that you can go about this. And I think it's about, um, sp uh, I think definitely getting in touch with other people in your community that have actually um, undergone this and then see what makes sense for you given your, your circumstance. Thank you. Thanks, Matthew. Thanks for sharing that. And that's you know great to know about um, Fortinet's training also um, that, that sort of might make that route a little bit easier for some people looking to, to I suppose, perhaps end or break out into the space. I mean, I think as, as a final point, I'd, I'd like to chat a little bit about um, cybersecurity. You know, it's obviously come up as quite a common theme, recurring theme in this discussion. And, and we know that with the increasing connectivity of these operational technology systems, as you've alluded to, cybersecurity has become a paramount concern. And protecting these systems against cyber attacks is critical you know, to prevent disruptions and, and ensure safety. And, and you've, you've referenced some of the statistics already through, through the discussion. Could you share a little bit more with the listeners about you know, the critical importance of securing operational technology systems against cyber attacks, but particularly touching on some of the practical tips and best practices mm. around operational technology security. Absolutely. So um, just to quite a few more, um, let's say, the state of OT that these, uh, these the challenges they're going to come, come across. The, these champions, I refer to them as champions, the people in the organization that are pushing the cybersecurity and making it happen. Uh, what they've done, which is very clever, is that they are doing more than just saying we need to implement cybersecurity to reduce a the risk. They're also saying, how can I use these cybersecurity solutions to aid the success of the business? And the two key points that they pivot around in operations is in operational efficiency and operational flexibility. So, for example, many times in the, uh, in the OT space, uh, identification, knowing what's in your environment in real time is an unknown. I don't know who's connected. I'm not 100% sure where they're connected. Uh, maybe last time I know was an Excel spreadsheet we did last year. That's my latest update on the, on the site, which for me, I don't think in 2023 is, is good. We need to know what's happening in real time right now. So it turns out like with Fortinet, if you have our firewall in place and the data is all flow, flowing through the firewall, which is usually how it would be set up, we would then be able to actually show you in real time with an OT view how it looks. I can tell you in real time where everything is connected. And if something's not supposed to be there, you will see it. I can show you where it's connected and say, if it's not, let's go and investigate and see what's happening there. So that's an example of that. And then from a flexibility side, we're looking at things like remote access. You know, Again, like our firewalls, and that will help make sure that you are securely connecting in um, whatever that way might, might be. So, so the first thing that comes to mind is that with OT, it's not going to be a, um, a quick change. I think, and then OT, OT supports you on that because any quick change means there might, it's going to be big downtimes. We can't afford that. Uh, we have to work inside the constraints of the OT customer. So therefore that means is that we're either looking at phased approaches. We're looking at, um, doing it in such a way where we can have very quick changeovers if that's necessary, depending on what we're trying to do. Um, but at the same time, we want to first start with some of the key basics, which is segmentation. 
So in other words, we first want to segment IT from OT, preferably introduce a demilitarized zone, a DMZ, so that we can transfer data in and out security. And then, of course, we want to minimize um, uh, the worst case should that if uh, um, if there was some malware that, that, that got through and it starts spreading, uh, we can maybe control it by, let's say, a, a, a VLAN, a virtual LAN. And therefore, it only affects one third of the site for, for argument's sake. So that's one of the first practical things we do there. Then we start to realize that OT has um, um, a big challenge in the sense that it's not just, it doesn't have all nice IT servers where they can put the stuff in. They also got harsh environments. They've got these dust filled areas, or maybe the access points need to stay outside so we can build this wireless mesh. So, so um, an organization like Fortinet has ruggedized components that can be installed deep inside the OT network, extend the security all the way through down to the layer zero of the Padule model, and then be able to ensure that we have the full visibility and control of the network. Once we've, I think, um, segmented the network and we know what's going on, and we put, and if possible, we've tried to put down our switches, um, then what we can actually do is actually saying, all right, let's now focus on the um, role-based and access control. Let's make sure that whoever's connecting connects to only where they're supposed to go. Now, in this term, we call this the uh, zero trust access architecture. And in this case, we refer to it as zero tr tr trust network access, ZTNA. And essentially what that means is an improvement on the VPN, the virtual private network concept, which is instead of someone connecting onto the uh, past the firewall and having full access to the whole network, once they get past the firewall, we also limit to where they're allowed to connect to. And we constantly check in their security posture to make sure that they are keeping up to date with what we require from them. So that would be the next stage. At this time also, we would probably also consider starting to implement logging and reporting. From our side, that's the 40 analyzer. And there we can start bringing in all this information into a central point where we can generate reports and give this back to the system owner and the IT champions and saying, this is where we're seeing some gaps. This is where we feel you need to start um, focusing your attention. Because again, they're a limited resource. There's only so many hours in a day. So we need to start taking all this massive amounts of now data we got there and turning it into useful information where they can make business decisions among. Once we get past that, we now can start saying, okay, we've secured the network. We know what's going on. We're getting our reports done. Let's start now securing where these threats are most likely going to come from, the endpoints. So now we start securing those endpoints. And OT has an additional challenge is that they usually have legacy devices, including things like Windows XP and even later for that matter. So again, uh, Fortinet does in fact have solutions to this where we can deploy on not only current devices, but also the legacy stuff, protecting those endpoints. Once we've got the endpoints selected, we then want to start talking about that, I would say, um, um, mature cybersecurity solutions that can, that can help us make sense of everything and anything that we need to do here. This now depends on what your current risk and roles is. So this is where the SIEM solution comes in. Other things like that could come into play, a NAT, a NAT like a network access controller. And then finally, we get to almost like I'd say the final stage, which is to um, start doing security that, that makes sense to, to you and your specific needs. So this might be, we need a sandbox because of that, all the data we are doing there. We need an actual separate application for that. It could be putting down um, deceptor type technology where we actually create fake environments. We can even create fake OT environments 
so that um, we can see how they can, if someone does manage to get through and connect, they will hopefully trigger this, uh, the scepter technology. And then we will know immediately, A, there's someone on our network that shouldn't be there. And B, we can already start capturing what they're doing. So our SOC team can go back and check where they've been and undo any damage they potentially caused. So as you can see there, that becomes now this whole maturity phase. Now, Africa is currently sitting at the lower maturities. I'm talking level one. We're at the basic points there. But I think if you follow that, you're getting to some ideas to where you should be and where you want to go. In addition to that, I would also recommend that you start doing um, uh, security, uh, what do you call it? security posture assessments specifically for OT. I know some organizations already do it for IT, but they've neglected to do it for the OT side. And I think if you do that, you're really going to find out how serious the matter is. You'll be able to then take that risk to management, and that's going to unlock the funding you're going to need to actually start pursuing now cybersecurity um, um, projects in that. And again, I, I will say this one more time, I'd highly recommend you, you understand how Fortinet does ITOT convergence. We were recognized by Westlands Advisory as the sole leader in 2023. So at the very least, we give you a good idea as to what the benchmark and standard should look like for ITOT convergence. So definitely something for you to consider. And you're more than welcome to consult me further on that. All right. Uh, I think I said enough there. Thank you. <laughs> Matthew, thank you so much for that. I think that was you know, a really detailed synopsis of, of sort of the best practices um, organizations can, can think about and, and, and follow, but also just with some really you know, practical tips around, around Fortinet itself and, and how you yourself specifically can help um, organizations. So with that, we wrap up um, and I just want to extend our sincere gratitude on behalf of Tech Central to you for joining us today as our expert guest. You shared really a wealth of knowledge with us on the world of operational technology, I think both today and a little bit about what's to come, you know, specifically around the convergence and, and so forth. Thank you also to our audience for tuning in. And um, we hope this discussion has, has really shed some light on the crucial role that operations technology plays in various um, industries, but that it's also perhaps um, inspired some of you out there to explore um, careers in the dynamic field. And you know, I think I'll just close by saying technology is a constantly evolving landscape. And Matthew, based on what you've shared with us today, you know, I think uh, it's critical that you have an understanding of both IT and operational technology if you're going to successfully na navigate that landscape. Thank you. Thank you.